the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. Good day to you out there. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I am joined today by my lovely guest host, Dax Watson, who happens to be an attorney who represents realtors only, and that's an interesting niche, isn't well, it? I, I love the fact that you call me lovely. That's, that doesn't often come up with me. Well, you know, I mean that with, you know, because you and I are members of a service organization. I know you and, and uh, you're a lovely individual there, we go. there and probably here too. But he's, he's an attorney. And uh, he helps realtors, and that's good enough for us. So, uh, so what, what I thought we would do – by the way, did you know that I just have the headline of the day? Would you like to enjoy the headline I would of the love day? to yeah. enjoy the headline of the day. We always start our coaching calls on uh, Mondays. We do our coaching calls where we have hundreds of real estate professionals, and we always start with the headlines of the day because it's funnier than real life. And this happens to be the anniversary of the Rubik's Cube – and that's what people used to stare at without human interaction before the cell phone was invented. Remember that? Anniversary how long ago? It's got to be 40 uh, years ago. 500 years. I yeah, know. there you go. Right, right. You and I have some time. Yeah. Did I tell you I got into real estate with a company called Century 19? That's how long I've been doing. <laughs> how long have you been doing the attorney thing, helping out realtors? Oh, I've been representing real estate companies for 20 years. Wow. Trying to keep them out of my office. And so you have brought a top 10 list, top 10 ways to stay out of trouble Maybe so they don't get to meet you. Well, it's yeah, it's kind of a top ten list, a do's and don'ts list, a funny story list, Let's all that do the kind funny of stuff. Stories. <laughs> well, let me. I, I think I can start with just the number one way to stay out of my office, and and I can give you several stories about that. The number one way to stay out of my office is to listen to your clients and know what conversations to document. Yeah, sounds pretty simple. Seems like okay. What are you talking about, Dax? I'm going to give you two quick examples of real live lawsuits that I've had that most people are surprised ended up in the lawsuit when they were sitting in my office because their response was, well, I told them this. I said that. <laughs> One of my favorites of all time is a real estate agent was driving in a car with uh, her client. Her client was actually driving because the client brought his son with him. He was a, a smaller, smaller kid at the time. And they were driving around through a particular neighborhood. And the potential buyer client says to the real estate agent that he's very interested in having or buying a house. And that's what they were doing. They were driving around looking for a house, very interested in buying a house where they could put a basketball hoop in the front yard. And he proceeds to say something to this effect. I understand that my, my son behind me is only two, three years old. And if you look at me, I'm not, I'm not incredibly athletic. I'm not very tall, so forth and so on. Like you and I are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've seen my son in the living room 
of our current house with the Nerf hoop, and he looks like he's got some pretty good skills, good hand-eye coordination. And I think if I can put a basketball hoop in the front yard that I can actually work with him or hire him a coach, and someday he can play in the NBA and make millions of dollars. You know, that, that uh, I have a basketball hoop in my front yard. Do you make millions of dollars? No, because it is a Nerf hoop. That's the problem. <laughs> there you go. So at that point in time, the response that the agent gives, well, there's two different versions. There's her version and his version. And they don't match up. Exactly. They don't match yeah, up. That's, that's, that's what I call the money conversation because that's where <laughs> Dax makes money. That's right. Um, anyways, so according to the agent, she says, and, and I should back up, as they were driving through this particular neighborhood, a lot of the houses did have basketball hoops. And according to the agent, she said something to the effect of, well, you know, there's basketball hoops all over the place, but if we go under contract here, you, Mr. Buyer, should look at the CCNRs and make sure that you can still put a basketball hoop up. According to Mr. Buyer, that's not what she said. According to Mr. Buyer, she said, there's basketball hoops everywhere. Of course you can put one up. Mm-hmm. All right, so fast forward. And CCNRs does not stand for Creedence Clearwater Reserve. It doesn't. I'm sorry. I, I kind of not assumed. Not in court. You're, you know, very, very good point. Yeah, it's, it's the conditions and restrictions, covenants and conditions and restrictions. Um, so my, my bad. Uh, but anyways, fast forward, buys a house in that neighborhood, puts a basketball hoop up, gets a letter from the property management company saying, you have to take your basketball hoop down because all the other basketball hoops you see, they were grandfathered in, but they're no longer allowed. He gets very upset, files a lawsuit against a real estate agent. The reason this is one of, and we'll talk about the practice pointer in a second, but the reason this is one of my favorite stories is when you file a lawsuit, you not only have to say somebody did something wrong, you have to say what you want, mm-hmm. how you were harmed. And what and how do you want them to remedy that? Yeah. So, <laughs> Bob, just given that story, I don't mean to put you on the spot. But can you guess what their claimed damages were? What they thought? Well, they I'm were guessing it was emotional trauma of my Nerf boy. Is that correct? It gets to that, but it's even more so because apparently Nerf boy was going to play in the NBA someday, and oh, they wanted right. millions forgot. of dollars for lost income because Nerf boy wasn't going to be able to practice in the front now, yard. Now, can you play in the NBA after suffering PTSD from the severe <laughs> beating by a realtor? I don't think you can. I, I don't think sure. so either. I'm not sure. <laughs> so anyways, the, the lawsuit was, I want millions of dollars because I can't train my young son to play in the NBA. That's what's silly about it. The, the practice pointer is when they were driving in that car, the client, the potential buyer, said something to the real estate licensee. This is important to me. Mm-hmm. This matters to me. A basketball hoop in the front yard is something that we want with this house. And at that point in time, there was a question as to, well, who is going to find this out? Or, or do we have enough information about it? Those conversations, those issues are the as I say, they're the money conversations. And I, and I was kind of being flippant, but it's true. They're the money conversations in terms of keeping you out of my office. They're the money conversations in terms of putting money in my pocket because I'm going to have to defend you. They're the conversations you have to paper your file with. You now, everybody to. listening wants to know who won. Well, uh, let, me, let me get to that one second. Oh, pay, we're going to pay that off later. No, because this tea, one, so. this, is, this is going to get into the unfortunate part of what I do for a living in a second. <laughs> But what's super, super important, Bob, about this is if this agent, after she gets out of the car, 
later on that night, sitting at home on her iPad or whatever device, sends him an email back saying, hey, you really like the house we looked at. We're going to put an offer in. You are going to investigate whether or not you can put a basketball hoop in during the due diligence period. If she writes that email, she's not in my office. Mm -hmm. She's never going to see me. It's those kind of conversations that have to be memorialized. It seems very simple. It seems very common sense. And this particular agent is a very, very high-producing agent and, and where I work, uh, is very well-known, very well-respected. And I've asked her at the time, and I've had people, when I tell this story, ask me, well, why didn't she do it? Well, she didn't do it because it didn't cross her mind in a million years that they had a miscommunication about who was going to do what. It's a very comp. It was a very simple conversation. She thought, of course, he heard me. I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't have a job if people either heard you, believed you, or didn't want to twist the facts. So those conversations. So thank God all those ugly things happen. I'm sorry. Or you, thank God all those ugly For things me, happen. Yeah. You'd be broke. That's right. My kids couldn't go to the Harvard of the West, Arizona State University. <laughs> Is that the Harvard of the – so my wife graduated from Harvard, and I didn't even know it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. But to answer your question, which I think is the bigger question, what happened, right? Did, did, we, go, did we go to trial? Here's the, I guess, fortunate and unfortunate part of my business. Uh, fortunate for the people I represent, unfortunate for me in terms of having fun. I, I love to go to trial. There's nothing I'd rather do than go to trial. Most people, most real estate agents would prefer not to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Um, less than 1% of all lawsuits that are ever filed go to trial. And it's because it takes too long and it costs too much money. Right. If somebody gets sued tomorrow, they wouldn't be inside a courtroom for two years. During that time period, their life is interrupted. Either themselves or their insurance companies paying a boatload of money, and it stinks. So most people figure out real quickly, the only folks that are really truly happy if a case goes to trial is the attorneys. Yeah. So this case, uh, we threw a modest amount of money at it to settle it, um, which is unfortunate because they yeah. didn't deserve a dime. But That's true. The point, the point of the whole story is to listen to your clients, think about the conversations, and paper them. Now, you know, uh, I keep, uh, for these reasons, when I was a realtor, I kept a little binder clip with three-by-five cards in my car, and I would just write down the crazy thing that the client said that I thought maybe – could be problematic later, and we want to include it in the contract. And you could write that into the contract, too. Just, you Correct. know, buyer agrees and understands, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, give us another one. That was a fun one. Um, well, let's do uh, another well, top ten reason or whatever you got. I, I would say the other big thing that, that we always caution real estate agents on or we always talk to them about is is staying in your lane is what I call it. Ah, that's a violation of the Code of Ethics, not staying in your lane. That is absolutely correct. That is a violation of Code of Ethics. Uh, and it's... I'll give you an example of that. I would love it. I owned land. Uh, uh, God was punishing me for my sins because I owned land. A little rule of thumb in Fearless Agent, land never sells, so don't list it, you know. So I, uh, I could have listed it myself, but... Even that would have been a violation of the Code of Ethics because I don't know anything about land. So I could have co-listed it with somebody who knows all about land. Instead of that, I just listed it with my my buddy who knows about land and uh, paid him a full commission to sell my own land. And um, But that's something I see people trying to do commercial, people trying to do land when they don't know anything well, about and it. Well, and your, your story is actually – out of their area. 
I'm sorry, say or that? Out of their area. You're licensed in the whole state of Arizona. I don't need to be going to Prescott looking for trouble because if you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. Are you like in my mind right now because you're, you're just pulling all Secretly, that stuff right out? I am in everybody's mind, yes, because <laughs> I don't have one of my own to exploit. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I would say one of the other main areas in which we run into problems is, again, people getting outside of their lane. And you, you hit on some of the big ones. It's really super easy for me to go out and speak in front of a group of realtors or you know, teach my clients some basic stuff. Most agents, I think, understand if they're a residential agent, doing a commercial deal is not a good idea. Right? And there's some basic things they, they – and I'm not trying to be – There's some commercial agents that realize <laughs> right, right. three years without a paycheck. Right, right. But I think, I think most folks can say, all right, that's a transaction that I'm not comfortable with or I shouldn't do because I've never done one. I think where we get into the gray areas for agents that they don't appreciate is a couple of things you just hit on. One is I, I think a lot of times agents don't comprehend – or comprehend is not the right word, but don't give enough consideration for vacant land. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I, I've got commercial – or I'm sorry, residential agents all the time that somebody will come to them and say, hey, you know, can we do some vacant land? And they go do it, and they've never done one. Vacant land's tricky. Isn't there a famous story in our town about vacant land where what could have been built there? It was a house, I think, wasn't it, or something like that? I don't know. Didn't you have that on your list that I saw? Oh. <laughs> He's right. Bob's, Bob's leading me to the well. I guess I That's better right. drink. I did. I did. <laughs> um, this is very similar. Don't let us get sidetracked, and I'll come back to what I was saying. But, that, but Bob just brought up it's, it's very similar to uh, – at least the practice pointer I gave in a second ago, which is paper in your file. But I did have a, a real estate agent. This one did go to trial, so you'll like this one. I did have a real estate agent that was specialized in finding vacant land for individuals to build houses on. And he also worked with a lot of spec home builders, folks that would speculate in, mm-hmm. in land and speculate in building houses and things of that nature. And this one particular spec home builder said, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to go again. Do you know of a lot that I could build a house? And he said, this one's actually special because times are great. Times are good. I'm building houses left and right, and this is going to be my dream house. Mm-hmm. And the agent said, yeah, I do know of a, a, an area in which the developer just developed, I don't know, 200 lots and then just resold them all, didn't actually build houses. But some of the people that bought the lots are now flipping them. So they go out. And they, they're walking this particular lot, and this subdivision backs up to a vast area of state land. And the state land is completely open, and there's mountain views and so forth and so on. And as they're walking the lot, there is a conversation again. And the buyer builder says to the agent, wow, this is beautiful. This is awesome. This is my dream come true. Do you think anything can happen with this land behind this lot? <laughs> now, this is, this is Satan talking. Right. right. This is your opportunity to go to real estate hell. Right. He didn't see it coming. That's beautiful. Do you think anything? Nah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> well, again, there's two versions of the conversation. That's it's right. the money conversation. According to the buyer builder, the agent said, no, it's state land. They can't do anything with it. It's reserved for wildlife, so forth and so on. According to the agent, he says, I have no idea. You should go check it out. All right, goes. So the the buyer builder buys the lot, builds a $2 million house on it, moves in, is there for about two weeks, and his wife is standing in the second story of their beautiful house looking out at the views, and over to the to a little bit to the right of her, she sees a big, giant yellow tractor right behind her fence line. She's like, I wonder what that's there for. Well, it turns out 
that the state of Arizona, while these folks were in escrow to buy the lot, had sold a huge parcel of that land to the town of Cave Creek for the construction of a waste treatment facility. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, so they had a, a gigantic waste treatment facility built right behind their $2 million house. Now, how many buyers say, I'd like to buy a house with a view of a waste, of a waste treatment, treatment facility? facility. That doesn't happen that much. Well, and we, that one did go to trial, and part of one of the exhibits is they try to sell the house. They don't use our agent, obviously, because they're suing our agent. And when they were trying to sell the house, a lot of their exhibits were big, giant, blown-up poster boards and or on these giant computer screens of emails from potential buyer's agents to their listing agent now when they're trying to sell it. And the buyer's agent would say things like, wow, we really like your house. It's beautiful, but it smells like you know what. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were having problems controlling the odor from the waste treatment facility. When I say you know what, that's not what was written in the email. (laughs) So I'm just trying to be sensitive to our They used the actual technical term. They did. They did. So, um, yeah, that's – but that's a that's a great segue back to what we were talking about, Bob. I mean, vacant land has its own its own animals. Oh, yeah. I mean, without question. And it and it's settling and all kinds of land things. Well, and the other thing I would say about staying within your lane in that respect is if you're doing let's stay with our vacant land model. Um, vacant the, one of the number one things I see with vacant land is they don't really know where the boundaries are. Right. I mean, it's it is not uncommon for somebody to go out and think they're buying parcel A. They're that walking. That's true it. of my vacant land. By the way, did you know that these episodes of Fearless Agent are brought to you by Fearless Agent Coaching? And now we're going to do a shameless plug. Are you? Uh, ready? You should. Yeah. So, if by the way, if any of this stuff that we talk about on our podcast makes sense to you, listening out there, and you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, that almost never happens, right? Thanks. Right and you're open to the idea of having some help, we love to help you. So if you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit for you. So once again, 480-385-8810, toll-free, day or night. I love talking to realtors. So does Dax, by the way. He loves talking to realtors. So don't think you're bothering me. Don't email me. Don't text me because there are no emails or texts in sales. Always call me. And if you can't afford coaching but you wish you could, and you probably can, visit fearlessagent.com. Watch the webinar, 45 minutes. Take lots of notes. There's another uh, on my speaking page. Uh, there's a 25-minute video that I think would be very helpful to you. It's kind of the kickoff to a two-day event, and it has a lot of good stuff. So you can take lots of notes, learn stuff for free, watch all the videos, and you can, again, just always call me because we'd love to help you. So now back to keeping you out of prison with Dax Watson. Dax, they can call you at uh, 480-452-9875 if they're in Arizona. Do you ever do things out, outside we of the do. state? We do. Oh, yeah. We have a Nevada office. We have a okay. Michigan office. And I can pretty much connect anybody anywhere in the country if okay. they have issues. Great. All right. So those of you who have issues, you want to call me. But if you have legal issues, you can call Dax. So give us another story, Dax. Well, uh, way to stay out of the slammer. I think let me let me finish up with what I was just saying because I think it's important in the stay in your lane aspect because I think what you said was incredibly important a few minutes ago. He's sucking up to the host. I am. We love that more than life itself. You were you were right on something. 
you as licensees, I don't care if you're in Arizona, California, wherever, I, I can guarantee you there's a provision that says you have to stay within your scope of expertise. And it says if you want to venture outside of your scope of expertise, you either have to affiliate with somebody similar to what you did, where you actually hired somebody to do your land deal, um, or in Arizona, for instance, you have to disclose in writing, you don't know what you're doing, please hire me, which is a really effective marketing tool. Mm-hmm. But the one that I find happens more than anything else is folks not understanding geographic, and that's what you hit on earlier. Mm-hmm. I, it's very easy to say I'm licensed in the state of Arizona, I'm licensed in California, I'm licensed in Texas. But just because you're licensed to practice real estate throughout an entire state doesn't mean it's a good idea. Even if, let's assume for a second, you're a residential agent, that doesn't mean that if you're a residential agent here locally in Phoenix, Arizona, that you should be doing deals in Tucson, Arizona. They are two different animals. Every community, every city, every area of the state has its own bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there's local knowledge that folks will have. Out here, Bob, in Arizona, we have Air Force bases. Right. Around some of the Air Force bases, there's called zoning overlays. Some of these zoning overlays will preclude folks from doing things in their house, preclude maybe building an addition, building a structure, building even any kind of a house on a lot, vacant land. Well, if you are an agent 100 miles away from where those Air Force bases are, you're probably clueless on that. You go Mm -hmm. take a client out there, they buy a house, they want to put an addition on, they find out I can't do it because it's a zoning overlay issue with the Air Force base, they get mad at you. Just giving you an example of that's the kind of stuff that happens when you get out of your geographic expertise. You know, I got a little story, and I don't know if this is the right example for that, but I was in East Mesa, which is not you – know, I'm a Scottsdale boy. And uh, I grew up on the mean streets of Scottsdale in the hood. <laughs> but um, so I go to list the house, and I'm on the tour, you know, walking around with them. And I'm walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, I'm walking downhill. You know, there's like the the – tiles are converging. And and I said, wow, I'm uh, getting shorter or what's going on here? I'm, there's like a hole underneath here. And they go, oh, yeah, there's a, a problem with the, uh, you know, the foundation. Right. So I said, well, is that the only spot? They go, oh, no. And then they show me that you can't slide the windows. You can't slide the closet doors because they're converging, you know. And I go, wow, that's uh, that's a big deal. I said, well, you know, we have to disclose that to the buyer. And they go, oh, no. We're not going to disclose that to the buyer because they didn't disclose that to us. I said, well, that's not really how it works. I said, I don't – honestly, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but we do. So, wait, wait, let me, the let me, so the, the sellers, because when they bought it, it wasn't disclosed to them. It was not disclosed them. to them. They're now taking the position they don't have to disclose yeah. it. And, and they also said, by the way, every house in this neighborhood is that way. So – you know, ever, all the neighbors know. It's not like you're not <laughs> right. going to talk to your neighbors right. Right. And after you move in. They all know it, and it was famous, but I didn't know anything about it because I'm from Scottsdale, you know. So I, would, I could have essentially, if I had not noticed, I always thought, what if I had not noticed that myself and the sellers had not disclosed that? I would have been in your office probably. It would have been awesome. So then what happened was I said, we're just going to disclose it in great detail in the seller property disclosure statement which every state, if you're listening, has something like that. And uh, you know what? The buyers signed that. They never had a problem with it. And it was just – but you know, not disclosing it, 
who knows what might have happened. So when in doubt, just tell oh, yeah. tell all the dirty laundry and see what Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. I say that every day. It's like when in doubt, disclose. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what's the worst that could happen? You can lose a deal. Well, somebody else will buy it. Somebody else will buy it, and you're not, you're not buying yourself a lawsuit. Right. That's more expensive. Much more expensive. Yeah. So what, what's another one that's uh, fun? Well, the other thing that uh, we're seeing a lot of – well, let me, let me give you a couple trending lawsuits that I think your, your listeners will be interested in. Uh, the number one trending lawsuit by far, predominantly in states that are very heavy in, in residential resale, but it is still uh, – even if you go and you look at the National Association of Realtors webpage and you, and you look at some of the national organizations, the number one lawsuit right now all – Right or comes out of fix and flip transactions. Ooh, um, those are hot and heavy. I mean, it's it actually reminds me of right before we had our big recession. Because right, uh, do you know how most realtors lose their entire life savings? How do they do? How no Doing fix and flips? Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost it's so high a percentage of people lose money doing it, but they never show that on the HGTV network. They don't show people losing right. money, but uh, yeah, it's a very risky. Very risky thing. Well, what what we see on the real estate side, and I'll start with the premise that a real estate agent isn't personally in the transaction, and I'll talk about that next because that's that's what I call you know gold time because that's going to be gold for me if you're actually a principal in a real estate fix and flip. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just talking about the agents themselves. So you're either on the buy side or you're on the sell side of what you know is a fix and flip. You know, you whether you represent. The investor who bought a property is now flipping it, so you're the listing agent or you're bringing in mom and pop to buy this property. The problems that we see is – and they, you're right. They don't show this on HGTV mm-hmm. either. The way, obviously, fix and flippers make money is to put the least amount of money into the flip. The way they do that is to use – or to cut corners. And I'm not trying to be – I'm not trying to disparage fix and no, flippers. We're talking to realtors. We know what cutting corners right. means. You don't have to tell us. We invented <laughs> but, uh, it. I'm not trying to disparage fix and flippers. I'm just telling you what I see. I see folks go in, they buy a property, and they're like, all right, I only want to put ten grand into this because my margin is so small. Well, to only put ten grand in it means I'm not going to use licensed contractors. Mm-hmm. It means I'm not going to go get proper permits. I'm going to do all the stuff I should I should not I should be doing just to get this on market. Somebody buys it, the unlicensed contractor did a crummy job. Mm-hmm. The house needs a permit for an addition, didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, when the money's tight, that's when people do crazy and sometimes even dishonest things. Exactly. And now you're as the, as the agent, I, even if you knew zero about it, here's, here's the beauty of my job, Bob. I would say 80% of the agents that walk in my office absolutely did zero wrong. Mm-hmm. Why are they in my office? Because they have a little thing called errors and emissions insurance. Right. Deep you, pockets. You are targets. You are no different than a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant who has malpractice insurance. You have malpractice insurance. So you are you are not only a target, you are usually the best target. You know, I live in a neighborhood where every house has termites. And the um, uh, the contract – in 19 – I would say don't buy a house that was built when Jimmy Carter was president because <laughs> the interest rates were 29 percent mortgage rates and something had to give and it was the quality of the I think materials. you're dating yourself a little bit there. I, I, in high school, I actually had to date myself. I was so lonely. <laughs> but that's a whole other story we don't want to get into. I was woman repellent, I admit it, and still am, thank God. My wife will tell you. But uh, the uh, – you know, when the mortgage rates are 
21 percent, people look to cut corners just to sell the houses. And uh, the termite contractor sprayed water on the on all the you know they were instead of spraying the chemical that would kill the termites, they lay down that you know impenetrable shield of chemicals. He's in prison, you know, went to prison for that. But all the houses have termites. And if that's another thing, if you didn't know that, you know, you right. buy a house. Like I bought a house. I don't care. It's got bugs. I'll squirt them, whatever. But uh, some people could get upset about that. But little, like it's like a fix and flip thing. They're cutting corners, and right. you know, who knows what might be underneath the drywall. And my my advice to agents, if you're if you're listing a fix and flip, it actually goes both ways. You need to get from the seller, the fix and flipper, a list of all the work that was done and who it was done by. Hopefully, it's all licensed folks, and all that needs to be disclosed as part of the disclosure process. And as the buyer side, you should be requesting that. I want to know who worked on it, when they worked on it, what they did, and then they can verify it. The buyers can as part of their due diligence. It's, and when the buyer, or the seller, is the realtor, what's well, the, that's, what's the that's, extra? That's, There's got to be an extra bonus. That is just yeah. that is my kids can actually go to the real Harvard. Bonus liability. That's right. Um, <laughs> well, first and foremost, we should say some states that's illegal. Oh, is that right? Some states you are not allowed to be a principal. Well, I don't know if you know actually, this, but in New Jersey, everything is illegal. Well, <laughs> even left turns. Well, you know, my ex-wife is from New Jersey, so I believe yeah, that. It's true. Um, no, I actually, I probably said that a little bit clumsy. There's, If you would like a clumsy attorney, we've got his phone number right there here. There you go, right? <laughs> in some states, if you are a dual agent and a principal in the transaction, that's illegal. So, for instance, if you are – you are a part of an LLC selling the property. You represent that LLC as a seller, and you're representing the buyer's agent. That would be illegal. In Arizona, it's not technically illegal, meaning you could do well, it. Everything. We don't have to have windshields on our cars. Well, exactly right. But what's um, but if you think about it, that concept is inherently flawed because how can you possibly have any fiduciary duty to the buyer when you are a principal in the transaction on the listing side. You would you know all your negotiation points. You know everything you will do as a seller. You're never going to be able to impartially also represent the buyer. So it makes no sense in that respect. Um, on the, take that out of it, though. Just say that you are not, you're not in a dual agency capacity, but you are a listing agent, but also a principal in the selling entity. Can you do it? Yes. Does it make a lawsuit that I would be defending incredibly hard? Absolutely, because you have all the knowledge. There's no one of the number one things we do as lawyers to defend real estate agents is point fingers at other people. Mm-hmm. The number one place we always point fingers to, because ninety eight percent of all lawsuits against real estate agents are disclosure based lawsuits. Mm-hmm. This wasn't disclosed to me, right? It wasn't what you were talking about. When you were walking in that house and there was clearly foundation issues, somebody buys it, you're, you're, you're sellers. Mm-hmm. No one disclosed to now your sellers when they bought the property that there was foundation issues so they can file a lawsuit. That's most lawsuits. Lot size wasn't big enough. There was prior flooding. There was prior leak issues. There's whatever. So when we get sued, whether we're the buyer's agent or the listing agent, the number one thing we do is we say, well, look, if there truly wasn't something disclosed – well, that's the seller's fault. The seller has that responsibility. Well, if you are now the seller and the agent, there's no finger to point anywhere but towards right. yourself. Also, 
and this is huge, whatever state you're in, whoever's out there listening, all 18 million of you that are listening right now. So that rough, that's a rough estimate. That's a rough right. estimate. Um, but whatever state you're in and or whatever, in, more importantly, whatever insurance policy you have. I was just talking about that E&O. E&O doesn't cover all transactions. Mm-hmm. There's some E&O policies that don't cover owner-agent investment flips. Hmm. Most agents are covered under an owner-agent policy if it's their house. So if I'm selling my house, I'm an agent, I usually am going to have some kind of E&O. And it doesn't cover fraud. It never covers fraud. Prove, if they can prove that what you did was fraudulent, then the e never covers fraud. They're on, but, yeah. but what's really super important is, and we have to cancel our clients all the time on this, if you're going to get into the fix and flip business as an agent, there's a good chance that your, your insurance company won't cover that. If anybody is thinking about getting into the fix and flip business as an agent, they should call me. <laughs> because I will talk them out of that because it not only it, – it's stupid from a money-making standpoint because the only people who get rich off it is the IRS who takes half your profits. So there you it's go. crazy. Buy and hold is the way to go. There you go. Well, we are out of time. So uh, would you like to do another another episode? You're so interesting. I'd like to keep you over. Can you do if it? If you would like me to do another episode, I could do okay. another episode. Okay. Well, you'll have, you guys will have to wait a week. We're just going to do it right now. So um, – by the way, if uh, I want to thank Dax for joining us today. You can call him, 480-452-9875. That's Dax Watson, the world's – he's famous. I knew about him before I knew him from my <laughs> other organization. So once again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. Please give us a review of this podcast. Five stars, please, on iTunes. You can always see us at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Randy's Diner. They can come and see us there, the auto dealership, and I'm picking up my daughter's car. Until next week, always do what every fearless agent does. Have fun, be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.